You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We're kicking off a brand new series called Finished, and uh, I'm very excited about it. It's actually going to lead us into our Easter, uh, our Easter experience. And um, the, the theme verse for our series is found in John chapter 11. If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry. It's on the screen. It says this, come to me. All who are weary. So this is Jesus speaking. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. So contextually, Jesus, he's talking about those who feel weary, those who feel heavy burdened uh, from from religion. From this idea that, that I have to win God's affection by the things that I do. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you are here and if you are weary because of that, he's, he says, I have good news for you. He goes on to say this in verse 29. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many of you can just use some rest in your soul this morning? Show of hands. Four people. Amazing. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so rest for your soul. And then verse 30, I love this. Jesus, he ends with this. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, so in other words, Jesus is saying that though uh, if you're here and, and, and you're, you're weary and you're tired of the burden of religion, Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry. I'm here for you. And he says, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. So, so in other words, he, he, he's letting us know that, that he, he, he'll help us. He'll walk us through the feelings of tiredness and, and heaviness. But here, here's the catch. He says, my yoke. So it's this idea that, that, it, like that, that, that rest and that freedom, it comes when we place ourselves under authority of Jesus. He said, my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. And so this morning uh, in our series, it is finished. Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, his last words, he says this, it is finished. It is finished. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking uh, through John chapter 18 and 19, and we're going to be looking at things that I believe are finished the moment that we Surrender ourselves under the authority of Jesus. And I think it's going to be good. I think this morning is going to be good. And so I do want to say this. We believe that a quiet church is a dead church. And so that simply means this. Uh, If I'm saying something that's resonating in your heart and in your spirit, you have every right and you have the freedom to say amen. You could, amen, there it is. You You can say that's good. You can get down with it and be like, mm. If it's really good, if it's really, really good, uh, you, we want you to just stand up and just, you can just stand up. Don't even say anything. In fact, our neighbors will probably prefer you not to say anything when you stand up. So just stand up. You just look. You just look at me. If it's really good, you stand up, you cross your arms, look at me. And so uh, with that said, let's pray and we will get started. Father, we love you. Jesus, I thank you for 
for what you said in the last words on the cross, it is finished. And I thank you that there are things in our lives that we're still carrying on to, holding on to, that you said it is finished. And so, Father, I pray that, uh, that you would help us to, to engage with what you are wanting us to let go this morning. I pray uh, for each person in here. God, we, we all know the craziness it is to get to church on a Sunday morning, especially with young kids. God, the yelling, uh, getting our kids in the car, telling them to stop screaming, and then coming in here to be happy. And so, God, would you just help us this morning? We, we want to leave here changed, God, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say amen, amen. I think at the heart of every single person in here, we have a longing and a desire to be the hero. One person. We, we have this longing and desire to be here. I remember when I was younger, uh, movies have an effect on you, don't they? You watch a movie and you're like, oh, I want to be like this person or that person. And so I remember when I was younger, uh, the, the movie Pocahontas. Y'all remember the movie Pocahontas? I wanted to be like Pocahontas. I'm just joking. I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be like John Smith. I was like, John, you already look like him. You already have the same name. And I was, and so, I, and because and really John Smith, he was the hero, right? I mean, he was, he was saving everyone, and, and he, he got the princess, and I was like, I, I want to be that person. I want to be John Smith. And so I remember uh, watching the movie and ending, and then me just really wanting to engage with the character and really embrace the character of John Smith. And so... I, was, I wanted to be the hero. And so when you're a little kid, you have an imagination like crazy. Now that I have three kids, and, and, and they'll, sometimes they'll play with their toys, and I'm thinking, how in the world are you doing that? Because I try to play with them for like 30 seconds, I'm like, done. <laughs> That's why we had multiple kids. <laughs> so, so I can, anyways, I digress. And so, so you just want to be the hero, right? And, and so here I am. I'm, I just watched John Smith be the ultimate hero, and I'm pretending like I'm fighting off the British army with my sword, and I'm like, da, 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 da. I pretended that they took Pocahontas, and I was like, I got you, and then I'm like, I'm fighting for her right, I'm fighting to free her, and then uh, I make my way to my parents' bedroom, I'm on the bed, and I'm, I'm still fighting. Because I'm the hero. And then uh, I remember there's this part in the movie where John Smith, he jumps off something. But there's a vine and he, he hangs onto the vine and he swings around. And his beautiful blonde hair is like blowing in the wind. And in that moment, I was like could be me. And so uh, my parents, they have one of those beds that, that 
that are pretty high up there. And luckily for me, there were four posts on the bed. And instantly, the kid imagination, it just transformed one of the bedposts to that vine. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'll save you, Polka. And, and I run and I jump. And I, in my head, I picture me swinging. But in reality, it was like one of those uh, Pinterest fails, right? I jumped on, and apparently it could not hold my weight. And so as I hung on, snap, I broke the pole. Like I, I, and I'm on the ground, and like, now for those of you that don't know my mom, there's a couple things you need to understand about her. She loves her kids, but perhaps even more so, she loves her furniture. And so this big poof. It's a bad dream. It's a bad dream. All of a sudden, John! My heart is like, you know you're freaked out when you start hearing the heartbeat in your your head, your ear, and I hear the steps getting louder. My mom's coming to tear me up. And um, I, it's so funny because this is not the point of the story, but but it's funny. Like my mom was so heated that my dad had to like restrain her. <laughs> it's okay, John. Go to your room now. Go. <laughs> She's here today, so we won't tell. What else happened that day? But, but here, here's what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm sharing this with you. We all have a desire to be the hero. We all long to be the person that takes the situation under control. We all long to be that person, at least most of us do. To be, to, just to be that hero. But what I've realized is that the more that I try to become the hero, the more I mess things up. And so this, that is kind of the premise, if you will, for our chat this morning. This idea of learning to let go of being the hero of your situation and the things that you find yourself in. And so what we're going to do, we'll eventually get to, to a guy in our text who, who, who he struggles with this. But before we go there, we're going to start in John chapter 18 and verse 1. We're going to set the stage of what's going on. And then we'll eventually get to where we're going to land the plane. And then we'll be on our way to Applebee's. And uh, so so here, here's the, it's, it's, uh, the, the festival of Passover is taking place. And um, so people from all over, they come to, to uh, town and, and, and to, to give uh, an offering. And, and it's a celebration of, of how God saved Israel from Egypt. And they're celebrating this. Uh, Jesus, he, he gets all of his disciples together and he throws them a dinner party. Now, we're not going to read it today, but, but please do know this, that it was perhaps the most awkward dinner party that you've ever heard of. Please read it. It's, it's really, it's really great. And so, so here they are. They're, they're, uh, they're, 
they're up, and they're, or excuse me, they're, they're, they're eating dinner. It's an awkward dinner party. They finish, and right after they're done, they decide to go and pray at a place where they, uh, where, where they, they typically go a lot. And so this is what we're going to set up in verse 1. Uh, when he, he being Jesus, had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kadron Valley. Now, here's what's interesting about this little valley, this brook, is that there's a channel that goes from the altar, so where they sacrifice the animals. Thank God they don't do that anymore. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, there is a channel that would run from the altar all the way down into this brook. And so this was perhaps the busiest time of the year for the altar. And so there's a lot of animal sacrifices going on. And what would happen is that the blood would, would run down from the altar into this channel, into this brook. And so most scholars believe that when Jesus and his disciples were crossing over the brook, that, it, that that brook was not just clear, but it was red from the blood. And I was reading this, and I was like, man, this is amazing, because what we're looking at are really the last couple hours of Jesus' life before he's on the cross. And, and this amazing picture of Jesus stepping over this, this brook, stepping into something new, almost as if it's signifying, hey, what, what we're used to now, the animal sacrificing, I'm about to change the game so we don't have to do that anymore. That you don't have to work and do things for my affection because I'm about to change the game. And so they step over this brook and it goes on and says, on the other side there was a garden and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, come on Judas, now Judas who betrayed him knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chiefs, priests, and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. So Here's what's going on. People are a little, uh, there's a little bit of tension with Jesus when he came onto the scene because Jesus, like I just mentioned, he, he's trying to change the game. He, he's, trying, he's trying to make it so that you and I now can have this amazing relationship with the God of the universe. And, 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 and so uh, these, these people, these, they, they, they didn't like it. Like, here's this guy, and he's, he's flipping the script on everything that they ever known and everything that they've ever believed in. And so they plan this ambush on Jesus. They got this guy named Judas to, 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 to let them know who Jesus is so that they can capture him and eventually kill him. And so, so here they are, they're, the, the Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're in the garden, they're hanging out, they're praying. When all of a sudden, soldiers and religious leaders, they come onto the scene. And the Bible says that uh, they're carrying lanterns, swords, weapons, as if they believed that they were going to have to fight in order to capture Jesus. But I love Jesus' willingness to just 
let it go. <laughs> right? Just, just to be okay, not fighting, but, but I want you to, to, to watch this. Verse, verse 4, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it that you want? Now, it's important to understand that Jesus knew who they were, what they were doing, what they were planning, and yet he still asked. Verse 5, Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, so who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus. And Jesus' response is this, I am he. And Judas the, betrayer, Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now, I want you to, to see what's going on. They, Judas, or excuse me, Jesus and his, and his disciples are there. Then the soldiers come. And Jesus says, who are you looking for? Who thou with? Can't do that. Who, who, who are you looking for? And uh, they said, we're looking for Jesus. And Jesus' response is this. I am he. Now that, that, that term, I am, we first hear it in the book, or with, with Moses encountering the burning bush. And Moses, he, he's, he's shepherding his sheep, shepherding his sheep, and, and there's a bush that's on fire. And Moses, he's blown away. Like, what is going on? And Moses says, who are you? And Jesus says, or excuse me, God says, I am. Fast forward. They're in the garden. We're looking for Jesus. I am he. And what is their response? The text says that when Jesus said, I am he, they fell back onto the ground. As in shock, as in awe. But really, the phrase I am, it was a title of deity. And so they fell down. Though they were trying to capture him, they could not help but, in a way, honor what they were about to take part of. And so Jesus says, I am he. They drew back and fell to the ground. Verse 7, again he asked them, who is it you want? So, so they gathered themselves up. They got back up. And Jesus said, okay, who are you looking for? Again. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And this is, this is really what I, what I want us to get to this morning is, verse 8, Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, check this out. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. Then let these men go. So Jesus, you got to picture this. I'm Jesus. Not me, really, but this is Jesus said. Like, I'm Jesus. I'm the person you're looking for. I'm here. You got me. So you can now let these other people with me, my you can let them go. They don't have to be here. I, I picture this, him saying it in the sense of, I am here. I am taking the place of them. 
let them go. In a sense, Jesus is saying this. Or Jesus is playing the role of this. I am the hero in this story. Think about this. The soldiers were looking for Jesus. Where is Jesus? Jesus, he could have been quiet. He could have had someone take it for the team. But instead, Jesus got up and said, I am he. I'm the one that's going to take the blame. I am the hero in this, like it's me. But please let everyone else go. And it's, if you really just allow this to sink in, it's a very heartwarming thing that Jesus is doing. But then enters Peter. And uh, Jesus, he, I'm him, let these people go. We don't really know the response of what these soldiers are going to be because Peter comes and jumps into the scene. And before we know it, when Jesus is basically saying, hey, I will be the hero, I'm going to save you all, Peter comes up and the text says, let's read it, verse 10. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. So Jesus, I'm the hero, I'll rescue you. And all of a sudden, here comes Peter. As if he's to say, ha, I got it, don't worry about it, Jesus. And he takes matters into his own hands. And in this moment, when I'm reading this text, I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, John, sometimes you're Peter. Here's this heated situation. And rather than allowing Jesus to be the hero of the story, Peter comes and he's like, nope, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it, Jesus. You don't have to worry. And I think that if we're all honest, that we all struggle with this idea that when I'm found in a situation that is not conducive to what I like or what I want or what I feel like I should be going through, rather than letting Jesus take over, take in charge, we try to take control of our situation on our own. And so here, here, this is what's going on in, in this, this moment. Peter, he, he's trying to take over. Now, in theory, I think, I think we say things like, Jesus, you can be my hero. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take control. Like, in theory, it sounds amazing, right? But in practice... How well do we do we allow Jesus to actually take over our situation? See, because if you're like me, my initial, when I find myself in a situation, my initial reaction is this. I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero. 
to the end of the night, right? You see the music video? She's like, but he's got to be strong and he's got. Like that's me. I find myself in a situation. I'm like, I need a hero. And then the back of my, and, 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 but, then, but then I hear Jesus saying, I'm your hero. But for some reason, I don't fully grasp that. And then I, I end up changing the tune to being like, I guess I'm the hero. But, but he, he, here's the big idea this morning. Is that when Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished. One thing that I believe that is included in this idea of it is finished is this idea of us feeling like we have to take control of the situation on our own strength and in our own ability. I feel like when Jesus said it is finished, it's this idea like the struggle and the stress of holding on and trying to figure it out on your own, it is finished. We don't have to do it. We don't have to go through our situation by ourselves and, and we don't have to deal with this stuff on our own and yet we find ourselves saying, I'll be the hero. And so this morning as we land the plane, I, I want us to figure out how, how do we allow Jesus to be the hero so that we don't feel like we have to control the situation. See, because we all want to be the hero. But I think that if we're not careful, being the hero can make things matter, make things worse. Right? Just think about in the garden. Before Peter sliced the ear off, it was a pretty chill environment. Here's how I know that. Because in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's the same, the same story, just different eyewitness witnesses. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's so peaceful at the garden that the, that the disciples, they fall asleep. And three times Jesus had to come back from praying. He's, wake it, wake up, wake up. Three times. I, I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed, I cannot sleep. So there, this, it's, it's chill here. But imagine the moment that Peter took the sword and tried to become the hero and slice the ear off uh, of that servant. Imagine how chaotic that scene had to have turned out. You don't believe me? Try slicing someone's ear off right here. It's going to go crazy. And when we try to become the hero in a situation that was never meant for us to be the hero, things get crazy. Things get chaotic. Here's the other thing that happens when, when we try to take on the role of the hero. People get hurt. Here is this, this servant 
He probably didn't even want to be there. He just kind of had to. And so he's just, he's there, he's, he's hanging out, like, okay, I'm here, they're paying, I'm on the clock, whatever. Can't wait to get home, my wife's making dinner. Can't wait to take my kids into bed. Whatever, whatever, you know, just whatever. Put your own dialogue in there. And he's just standing there, and then all of a sudden, because Peter decided to be the hero in a situation that he was never meant to be a hero in. The poor guy's ear was chopped off. How many people do we hurt in situations where we try to become the hero? This poor guy, just, he's, he's there. And so it's this idea that, man, we got to learn to not be the hero in situations where God is like, hey, I'm already here. I'm already, I already want to help you through it. I want to see you through it. I want to be your help. So how do we do that? How do we allow Jesus to be the hero? Two things is, you can write them down for you note takers. And then we're done. Number one is this. To understand that it's not about me. It's not about me. So here's what we know about Peter in this situation. He, uh, uh, again, from the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's not in, in the Gospel of John, but it's in the three other. During the awkward dinner party, Jesus tells the disciples and then tells Peter this, you are going to betray me. Peter's response is this, Luke chapter 22. I think we have it on the screen. But he, he being Peter, replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. So Jesus is like, Peter, you're going to betray me. Peter's like, uh-uh. I will never betray you. I'll go to prison for you. I'll die for you. Fast forward to the garden. the soldiers were going to arrest you. Jesus is like, hey, I, I'm Jesus. Let everyone else go. If I'm Peter, in that moment, I'm saying, oh, here's my opportunity to prove to Jesus that I am not going to betray him. And so Peter, he takes a sword and we know he slices the ear. See, in that moment, Peter decided to make the situation and the answer all about him. How the perception of how Jesus is going to see him. How many times do we respond to situations in a response because we want to hold, we want people to see us in a certain light, in a certain value, in a certain way. Come on, we got to learn it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. We got to learn that that's not about me. And, and, and so it's as if Peter understands this, because in the, the book of 1 Peter, it's in the New Testament, chapter 5, verse 7, it's like he has this epiphany. He says, give all your words. And your cares 
to who? See, some of us, we read that and we're like, give all your worries and cares to me, to myself. It's not what it says. It's like Peter, he realized that I was doing it wrong. I tried to make it all about me. I tried to put the experience and the situation on my shoulders, but he's like, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to give all my worries and cares to God. Why? Because he cares for you. Maybe you're sitting here this morning. Why would God ever care about intervening and being the hero in my situation? Why would he ever do that? Because he cares about you. He cares about you. So number one, how, how do we make Jesus the, the hero? We understand it's not about me. And number two, we understand that it's all about Jesus. That it's all about Jesus. Your situation and your ability to navigate through has nothing to do with your ability, with my ability. It has everything to do with Jesus' ability. I love Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. My gosh, that's super hard. I know, I get it. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your pastor. Here's what I love about this verse. Is this the idea of trust. For a lot of us, that's... That's a hard thing to do. That's asking for a lot. Some of us, we grew up in situations where we've just been betrayed so much. And so to hear someone say, hey, trust in the Lord, you're like, I don't, I don't know how I can do that. Take it a step further. How, how do I trust in a God that I can't tangibly see? Like, I get it. I get it. But I think that's why the author said, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Your ability to trust in God. It's not our job to fully understand, but it's our job to fully submit to trust in God, it's not our job to fully understand, but it's our job to fully submit. It is finished. Whatever you're carrying, whatever you're going through, whatever that weight is, whatever, whatever that burden is, whatever that situation is, like Jesus wants you to know it is finished it is finished he wants to be your hero and your situation just gotta let him just gotta let him thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast remember we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5pm Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.